one, two, and three. No, chapter four. Yes. Verse one, two, three. No, hold on. Ephesians chapter four, verse one to three. Yeah. <laughs> it's after Galatians. Anyways. Uh, so after the conference that you know, this this conference, not last conference. But uh, Joey was talking about knowing seasons and uh vision. Those are the only two that I attended, so everything else I missed out on, so sorry. But uh so I I was really you know, I was listening to him teach and I was like, wow, this is you know, it's it's not like I've never heard this before, but it's it's very timely. It's a it's a very big wake up call for me, or it was a wake up call for me. I don't know about anybody else. But for me it was a wake up call as as we should know the seasons, right? Like this it's not like any time where you're just like, oh, let me just get up, go to school, or go to work, come back, and that's just my life. We're just doing mundane things, like, uh, what is it? Monotonous. Just, yeah, like a monotonous life where you just do the, the same thing over and over and over again with no meaning, no purpose, no, no awareness of what's going on around you or spiritually around you, huh? Passively is what the word used. Yeah, passively, exactly, good job. Where we're just passively going through life, uh, going through the motions is my yeah. word, yes. Where you're just going through the motions and you're just doing your tasks, right? Um, but that is not God's goal for us. That is not what God wants us to do because in, in the Bible, he says that we should be, he says we should seize the day, we should know the seasons, we should know the time. You know, just that people can see the, the cloud and say, oh, it's going to rain today. We should be able to see the seasons um, and, and, and kind of be aware of what, what God is doing or what God wants to do or where, where God's heart is. Um, and I particularly uh, was very wrapped around my, my life. Uh, which is, it's not a fault, but like, you know, at that moment, I was like, oh yeah, let's go back to where we started. Right? Let's go back to the original part of where, where, where does God want me? What does he want? And, and how should I be living my life? And then he talked about vision and I was like, wow, that is a different thing. So we'll talk about like, uh, so today's lesson was inspired from the conference. So after I went home and started thinking about the conference and, uh, you know, just going through my notes and, and realizing what I learned. Um, can you read it from? Sure. Ephesians 4, 1, 2, 3. Okay. Reading and I mean. It says, unity and maturity in the body of Christ. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Can we read it again slowly? Read it again slowly. As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Thank you so much. Um, so, obviously, I want to focus on live a life worthy of your calling. Um, so, to, to like fully understand what this verse is saying, we need to understand what, what is... What is what Paul refers to as calling over here. 
Can you guys hear me? Uh, it takes too much effort to like speak very loud, so this is this is the voice I'm gonna use for today. Uh, but uh, the the question is, what is what is Paul referring to when he says, uh, "Your calling"? Hmm. Are you actually asking? Ask yeah. Just like, think about it. You can answer if you want to, but I mean, like I'll. Don't answer. Just think about it. <laughs> uh, but, so for me, when I used to read the ver- this verse, I used to think of it as my calling, right? Like, what's my purpose in life? What's my gift? What is my ministry? <coughs> I'm wheezing too, so sorry. Um, but, like, I-, I used to say, well, I don't even know what my calling in life is. So I guess this verse does not apply to me. Uh, because it says calling, right? But you go back and read Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, uh, like all the other verses. Paul is, at this point, like he's describing about all the works of Jesus and all the works of God to, to give us salvation, right? Like what Jesus had to pay. Uh, you know, you guys are studying Ephesians, right? Like on chapter one and, 1 and 2, we see like how God has blessed us in heavenly blessings, how much, uh, you know, how much we have received through through Christ's work on the cross. So this is the calling he's talking about, the calling of being saved. Not the calling of like, you know how we say like, my calling in life is blah, 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 blah. That's not what he's referring to. So right now we are talking about the calling of salvation. So let's change the, the focus on not, not gifts. gifts and talents and abilities, but salvation. Right? So now, none of us can say this, uh, this doesn't apply to me. Right? Because this verse applies to all of us. Yes, we all have callings. We all have gifts. We all have purpose. We all have all those things. But sometimes when we say, oh, we didn't figure it out, we can easily just eliminate this verse. But this verse is talking about your calling for salvation. So right now, everybody in this room applies. This, this verse applies to everybody in this room. Right? Because Jesus died for everybody here. And I hope, and I'm assuming, stop texting. Oh, I was just making sure he was revealing. Okay, Papa, you're revealing. <laughs> uh, I saw your name pop up on his phone. Oh, never mind. I thought you were lying to me. Oh, so observant. I did see texting too, but I thought you were taking notes. Yeah. But anyways, so everybody in this room. Jesus died for everybody in this room, right? And then hopefully everybody believes in Jesus Christ in this room, right? Mm-hmm. So this is, we're going to start it off as everybody is, believes in Jesus Christ, okay? That's how we're going to start. Mm-hmm. So for, for salvation, salvation isn't free, right? Although it is, we are saved through grace by faith, it is not free, um, there was a price that was paid, and this price was not easy. Like, it's not like me saying, oh, wow, shut your mouth, I'm going to pick on you a lot, sorry. Uh, but it's not me going to Shadi and saying, Shadi, I love you so much, and like just giving her like 10 months, you know what I mean? It's not, it is not like, it's not even me like saying, I love you so much, I'm buying her a house, right? So. If we can take a moment and think of the greatest, the most highly 
treasured time of our life where we felt so loved by somebody. Think about it right now. Two seconds, I'll give you two seconds. I'm sure there was a time that everybody felt like, okay, I feel so loved by someone right now. Did that person give you their life? No. The, I can attest that the most you have been, you felt loved to someone is somebody gave you maybe part of their life, something they have, something they know, or like, you know, like they, they were selfless, you know what I mean? They, they thought of you more than themselves. And so you felt so loved, so appreciated, and so, you know, wanted. But what God did is not that. He didn't say, let me give you uh, some riches. He didn't say, let me give you um, some property that I have. Or, you know, here's some leftovers. Or, or even, he didn't say, here's everything, every, every, like, material glory that I, like, material possession that I have, here you go, right? He gave you something that is way, 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 way more than that. It's, it's his child, his only son. He said, I'm going to send him. And the Bible says, when, when we were dead to our, to our, uh, dead to our sins in our transgressions, like, right? It's, it's not even when we were like, like, oh God, I love you so much. And he says, okay, she loves me so much. I think she's worthy of my son. So let me give her my son. It's when we did not know him. Okay, and we were even Gentiles, right? We don't, we don't even count in this story. Even when the Jews, like, they were so dead. We were so dead. We were all filthy in our sins. Like, we didn't know him. We did not desire him. Well, we weren't even born. But the people back then, they didn't desire him. They didn't want him. They, didn't, they had no clue about him. But he looked at mankind in the beginning. In the beginning, when, when Adam fell, he said, you know, I will send my son, right? I, this, this story won't end like this. I will send my son and he will redeem. And, you know, we talked about redemption, right? Redeeming is getting something back that was originally yours, right? So we were once, once all mankind was God. But, you know, through Adam's sin, we fell. And God saw mankind and, and said, I'm going to send my son, right? Uh, uh, like, this is the, the thing. Like, God can't give you anything more ask for anything he can't give you anything more than his son because that is the that's the the epitome yeah the epitome of of what he can give you the highest thing he could give you is his son but then for his son it's not even like well he can go to the world and pray for them it's not that he could just like hover over the world and say i am your god no he came and he became a created being he became man he, he took flesh upon himself, and he, he experienced hunger, he experienced thirst. He became literally like us. That is humiliating. Like, it's, it's you know, God became, like, it, it's a mystery that we can never fully understand. But the more we understand it, it's like God, the big God, the God that created heavens and earth, the Alpha and the Omega, the one that has angels bowing down to him day in and out, says, I love them. I want them. You know, I don't want them to suffer. I don't, wanna, I don't want them to be so far away from me. So I'm going to send my one and only son for, to die for them. Not because they love me. Not because they're going to bring me any riches and glory. I already have all of that. He already has the glory. He already has the riches. He already has everything. It's not because he wants something from us that he died for. That he sent his son from us. It's just purely out of love. Mm. Right? So he, said, he sends his, his one and only son. And that son takes upon flesh. And then he, he dies a, a gruesome death. 
right? And every time we talk about it, it's like, it's it's the story that never gets old, and it's this, it's very powerful, right? Like how, how somebody could be tortured like this, for, like you you just think of crucifixion, it's 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 still gruesome on its own. It's it's very, for lack of a better word, gross. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 horrible. But then when you think of this man who knows no sin, who is so pure, who fulfilled all the laws, who is God, who actually came to save these people, mm-hmm. was crucified, he was beat up, he was, he was spit upon, he was insulted by these people who, who he came to save. Who he said, I love you guys. And then they said, actually, never mind, we're going to kill you. Right? So salvation is not free. It is free for us. I mean, like, we don't pay a price. But it is not free for God. For God, it's not something where he says, it's just another day or something. You know what I mean? It, 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 is, it, is, a pri- it, it is something, it's a very highly priced gift that God gave us. All right? So this calling, it is a gift, again. It is a gift for, for us to receive. Not free. But... So you know how when people give you gifts on Christmas and they, they take off the tag just so you don't know how much it was? <laughs> I do it so that people don't know how cheap it is. But, <laughs> but you take off the tag and you don't know the price. Right? Sometimes you think, you think it's worth way more than it actually was worth. But then sometimes you don't think it's worth that much. So for most of us, I don't think we fully understand like, God gave us this gift of salvation, and he says, here. And there's no price tag on it, right? And so we see it, and, you know, if Baru gives you a very, very tech, very, very techy gift, right? But it, or like, I don't know, something, okay, never mind. Something for, like, car because things. <laughs> he would. Like, something very, like... You could use it in your car kind of thing. Because he did give it to me one day. And I was like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like for me, it was like, it was just a, an, an item that I had no clue what it was. He was like, this is so good, blah, 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 blah. He could say that, right? He could, he could say so many things about it. For me, it will still be a piece of metal or something. Because I have... I don't know what it's for. I don't know what it is. I don't know how much it costs. What? It's just a, it's just a piece of metal. It's <laughs> a piece of metal. Ooh. Right? Really think about it. If I give you something you don't know, right? Because Shadi, Shadi doesn't cook that much, right? And so... <laughs> Sorry, she's calling. But, but I said I I said that much. I said that much. Keyword that much. But I I see this very good thing on you know somewhere, and I'm like, mm, this can make so good like something, cookies or whatever, right? But Bashari doesn't know what this this thing is, and I just I'm this is just an assumption, okay? And I give it to her, but she doesn't know what it is. She won't use it. Y'all have seen that video when, when this lady gave her grandpa or something, like an iPad, and they use it as a chopping board. Y'all didn't see that video? Dang, no way. 
Okay, so Talk this, about fruit ninja. this is what like <laughs> <laughs> this was this, this isn't uh, on this day and age. It was like a few years back, but like iPads weren't like big, but so it's like this big flat black thingy, and it's like you know it has a screen. <laughs> and so she's like, "Here you go," and like obviously the, the poor grandpa had no idea what it was, and like. I, I could you not like use it as a chopping board, chop stuff on it and wiped it down and just put it on their dryer, like, cause that person did not know what it was. Like, honestly, like, it could be funny. They were hang up immediately. I've been doing that. Like it could be funny, but but really, that is because that person does not know what it is. What it, like, that person doesn't know what an iPad is. They don't know what it's used for. Like, there's a button, but who knows what that button's for? <laughs> right? So same thing with salvation. God gives us this gift, and we don't know what it is. So, okay, some of us might know what it is. Some of us don't know what it is. Some of us have a higher knowledge of it than some of us do. But when you don't fully understand what it is and what the price how how much how much price it has and how much value it is and you know all the I don't like using benefits when it comes to salvation but you know all the things that come with salvation it's like it's like using an iPad as a chopping board I'll just use that example from now on right we don't know how worth it is so for us it's just something so easy that we just pick up and just throw it the the relationship with God that we have it's so easy we're just like Mm-hmm. I mean, I pray, I don't pray, what, what difference is it going to make? We just, just, you know, walk over it, right? Like, in the Old Testament, people did not have the opportunity to talk to God, right? The only, the only way people communicated with God was through a prophet, or the prophet hears from God and tells to the people, or through the priest, right? So, that, that's our only mode of communication with God. No personal conversation. It's just no, no, no Father God, no Abba, no, no nothing. It's like you go run to your priest and like confess or like, you know, if the prophet has something to say, the prophet will say something to you. I mean, you can go to the temple, but, but that's about it. You know? So for them, they, I don't know where it says, but the Bible says like they, they, all, like they all dreamt of this time, right? They, they all wished for this time and, and looked for this time. But we, in this season, are like, eh. right? We're, we're very, we, don't, we truly don't understand how valued our salvation is. We don't, we don't value it. We don't know how much worth it is. We don't know how much price it was paid for, mm. right? And every day we spend by not knowing the, the price and the value of our salvation, it affects our life, right? So when Paul talks about understand, live a life worthy of your calling, it comes from knowing how much worth your calling is. Right? When you know how much worth your calling is, when you know how much worth your salvation is, then your life is dramatically changed. Right? You're not, we're not living life where we're like, I'm going to obey so many commandments and so many rules to earn the love of God. Right? Because it doesn't work that way. But because we are loved by God, because we are, we are saved and we know how much God has paid for our salvation, out of gratitude, out of love, we live a life worthy of that calling. Right? Is it making sense so far? Yeah. Okay. And 
So, and then, again, once you understand the weight of your calling, you can't, you can no longer live a basic or ordinary life. It's, it's just impossible, right? Like, it's, it's just, it's, your, your calling, your salvation requires a different type of lifestyle than just an ordinary person that just has nothing to live for, right? I'll give you examples, but for now, uh, I, I kind of tried to mention how much uh, Christ God has paid for our salvation, how much Jesus has to pay for our salvation, and I didn't get to the depth of it, so this is why I'm in, like, I didn't prepare as much as I wanted to, like, I wanted to get to the bottom and, like, just get every detail out, but I wasn't able to do that, but through, through our salvation, through, through Jesus' work, like, some of the things that, like, we got through this gift or process, we, we became children of God, right? Like, we're not, we're not just, like, creatures or, like, things just made by God or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's not just, like, I made them and that's it. But we are children. You know how Aman always talks about, about the my people, about the possession word, like how yeah. we are his children. We're not just children. We are not a child. We are his children. <coughs> Sorry. And we are children of the, of, again, the heavenly God. It's not like, a, yes, we are children of our physical father. Um, I laughed because like last week I was teaching the middle schoolers. And I was saying, God, our father. And they're like, how many fathers do we have? And I was like, oh a physical father and a heavenly father. And I'll just stop over there. Uh, but it's not like having, uh, we have our physical fathers. But like, you know, when somebody really famous, like, talks to us and we're very like, ah, they talk to me or like, they they approach us and they you know they have not not just like let's take a picture type of conversation but like a decent conversation i don't know somehow we think way highly of ourselves okay i do uh but like anybody who is worth something like uh, a singer a prophet a pastor or some phenomenal person in like you know outside world comes and talks to me i'm like wow that person recognized me there must be something in me that, you know, attracted that person to come talk to me. But this is, this is God. This is the, the God. I don't know how to explain it more. But, like, it's, it is Yahweh. It is the, the Alpha, the Omega, the, the, the big, the, like, you know, the, the one we can't even describe in words. That God is our Father. He is our friend. He is our Father. He, is, he says, this is my child. Right? It's not some random famous person. It is way more than that. And then with God, before, before salvation, we were enemies with him, right? We were, there was a hostile, I wouldn't call it a relationship, but there was a hostile hostility between mankind and God. And through Jesus, we, are, we now have peace. We can now enter through the, the, to the, to the, through the gates and have relationship with God. We can talk to him. Not only does he call us, you know, we can have relationship. We can have like a father-child relationship where father does not talk to child and child does not talk to father. But this is a, a, a peaceful relationship where child has full access to father and father has full access to child. We are, we've gained forgiveness from God, from all our sins, from all our transgressions, and he says, please, 
you know, you are holy, you are redeemed, you are saved. Uh, we have everlasting life. We have the Holy Spirit. We have victory over evil. We have victory over sin, uh, and etc. Uh, and so, through all these things, I want to talk to, uh, to think about people who are in royalty, right? Kings, queens, prince, princess, whatever. All those people, they have a certain, like, conduct or a certain way of living their life, right? Like, when they don't eat the same food people eat, they don't dress the same way people dress, they don't, you know, like, you don't just, like, walk around anywhere that you want to because your title has some value, Mm -hmm. right? You're, you, you can't just do whatever you want to do, basically, Right? And then let's look at athletes. Which are the I could think of? But um, athletes, they don't eat whatever they want to eat. They don't just say, ah, today I'm just going to sleep. And tomorrow I'm also going to sleep. Just sleep all day. No work. Just relax every single day. They can't do that. Right? Because their life has a goal. And this goal is, let's say if they're runners, they have to train, they have to compete, and they have to win. Pretty much that, right? And in order to do that, you have to eat right, you have to exercise right, you have to sleep right, drink, and you know, all those things. Like, you have to keep your body nourished, you have to keep your body to a certain, <coughs> built to a certain level to accomplish these things. And so, if a runner, like a, just a physical, just a normal runner, can't live their life in a normal way, and you take that back to our life, our life has so much value, so we cannot live an ordinary life, mm. right? There is, I wouldn't call it a code, a code of conduct, but there is expectations and there are standards of how God wants us to live. Expectations? Right? Huh? Expectations? Yeah. I'm not, again, I'm not claiming that we should, like, follow the, what is it, 300-whatever rules on the Bible and say, like, that's how we earn our salvation, but... We live a life that is, we should live a life that is worthy of our calling. And then, with that, Paul mentions, sorry. I'm trying to go to Ephesians, back to Ephesians. So, so be completely humble. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, So with this, with this calling that we have received to, to salvation, we, we should also live with other. It's, a, it's not a life that we live individually. Right? Like it's not just me going to my house and saying, I'm going to pray, I'm going to read the Bible, blah, 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 and then I'm done. But I should also bear the fruits of the Spirit, like humbleness, oh no, gentleness, and say to live humble with one another. 
uh, and patient with one another because when we leave, live with one another, it's not just like, oh my gosh, we love one another. It's gonna be super easy because we're all like perfect beings. Like I have a weakness, he has a weakness, so does he. So when everybody who has weakness come together, obviously we're gonna make each other angry, bitter, mad, sad. Huh? Antagonize one another. Exactly. Um, so it takes patience and humbleness and gentleness to, to deal with one another. Even if we're trying to live a life that is worthy of our calling. Like we, we try to be very disciplined and we try to live a life that is pleasing to God. We come together and then somehow it's like, you know, we clash. Like do Christians really clash? Well, yeah, obviously we're flesh. But then, I like this verse. It says, make every effort to keep the unity of peace, uh, unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Uh, essentially, so we don't create the peace, right? That the peace is already made by God, between man and God, but also between man and man. Like, God made the peace, but it is our responsibility to keep it. But it's not an easy task. It's not like, a, just wake up one day and just like, easily like, casually and passively keep the peace but you have to work what is it make every effort so in, in every effort that you can keep the peace between brothers and sisters between um the family of believers right so my next question will be how would you live your life worthy of your calling this will be open to discussion because this is where my lesson ends this is how far i've been how do you live a life worthy of your calling? Worthy of the price that God has paid for you? Worthy of the salvation that you received? How do you live a life that is worthy of that? And I know the basic answers are prayer, reading the Bible, going to church. But, like, really think of, like, you know, like, obviously, you talk to the little, little kids and they, they give you the same answer. Pray, read the Bible, go to church. Check, 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 and that's done. But, like, th- think about it, and then let's, like, let's actually discuss, of, like, how, how would you live a life that's worthy? That, is, that, that says, like, I have a price, uh, and this price is not, like, a, a, like a, a cheap price. It's, it's very worth, it's very expensive. So by this expensive price that I've been bought, like, I live a, a life that, that reflects and resembles that, that price, right? Mm-hmm. So how would you live that kind of life? Well, you gotta acknowledge the one that is worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't know who you're talking to or who is worthy, then right, what's the point? Um, yeah, just acknowledgement. Uh huh. Living a life acknowledging who 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 is worthy and who paid that price for you. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to answer this question by saying they were laying things I apologize ahead of time. Um, so, 15 minutes. <laughs> so, who did economics in college? No, but I didn't. I took it in high school. I took it in high school. I took it in high school. And your entire life, at any point, one of the famous words in economics <clears throat> is opportunity cost. Oh, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I took accounting in, in, in college. If you didn't notice that economics was a required course at every level. Uh, and I also minored in economics if you didn't notice that. But that's not the point. The point is that <laughs> that's your fault. Yeah, the idea is that there's, there's something called opportunity cost, which is that nothing comes free, right? Yeah. And you're always paying something in order to gain something. Mm -hmm. I'm here at church that I'm paying nicely or watching. Netflix, my time, right? Time is time is one thing that you always pay. Uh -huh. um, yeah. That means you were teaching. I was reading Matthew chapter thirteen, and this is what the word of God says about salvation and what you're getting to receive it. Because the like that, the, the truth is, you are sort of paying, right? Like there's cost to being in, in the house of the Lord. You're yeah. giving something to be at the at the Lord's feet. True, but. What is what, what 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 is what makes what you're paying nothing is is what you're gaining in return. Yeah. Right? You can't gain the whole world and say I'm giving him a quarter. Mm -hmm. There's you can't get a billion dollar and say I give him a dollar in return for it. Your dollar means nothing. True. Yeah. Right? It, it has no value. And this is what the word of God says about salvation. This is the parable of the hidden treasure and, and, and the pearls. It says the kingdom of heaven is like the treasures hidden in the field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then, in his joy, went and sold everything and bought the field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. That's the value of salvation. Is it compared to everything? Everything else you have is nothing. Yep. Right. So, like when Yanni's saying you're getting salvation for free, yeah, you're getting salvation for free. But, but the cost is, right, living worthy of, 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 of earning it is that you give everything up. Mm -hmm. That's what it means to live worthy of, of your salvation, yeah. right? You don't act like the rest of the world. You don't smell like the rest of the world. You are giving everything in return to have something that sounds foolish. Like how, sound, how foolish are you to sit in a room and, and, and say that you're speaking to the creator, but you're giving everything up for that five minute moment. And for the one who knows the value, like Gabby said, when you get a Christmas gift, if you know the value, sometimes you're like, oh, this is trash. Like, I should put it on, on my wall. But sometimes you're like, wow, they spent that much, they love me, you know? If you know the value, if Nardi knows how much she paid for this, Nardi's going to value what I value. But my friends who didn't pay for it, yeah. who didn't give up everything for it, they're going to look at me and say, she's foolish. But I know what I'm getting every time. Yeah. Like, when you're crying, in front of people and you look foolish, like snot coming out of your nose, the only one who understands you is someone who paid the same amount, someone who, who left the world and came to, to follow the same God. Mm -hmm. But someone who just came to church and he's like, what is she doing? To that person you look foolish. So when we're talking about like, what does it mean to live worthy of the gospel? It means to be foolish and to give everything up and to mm -hmm. know that you're giving up everything and, and, and to actually live like it. Right? Like, yeah. imagine you gave everything up, but you live, eh, you know, like you're the house of God, <laughs> and you're barely there, then leave. Like, if you're going to give everything up, then live like it. Sure. Don't be one feet in, one feet out. Yeah. If you're going to give it up, give it up, and then come inside of the, house, the Lord's house. Rejoice with people who gave everything. <laughs> but for you to give everything, but also come to the, the house of the Lord, I think this is why God really hates the whole Christian, because if you gave the world, you gave up the world, but you're here, you're not even enjoying salvation. Sure. Yeah. Right? Like you're here, but you're not even participating in the kingdom of God. 
You gave it for what? To just watch it? You wake up, you come to church on Sunday, and you look at it? Sorry, this is my little rant of the morning. <laughs> but I think that uh, living worthy of the gospel, or living worthy of salvation, I think it, 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 it literally means uh, what the word of God says is to lose everything and to gain that one thing that just seems so foolish and yeah. nonsense, right? Yeah. Buying a whole man, burying a pearl in it, and then you go home, you sell your wife and everything. And <laughs> like everything you've worked for your entire life and say, I want this land. I want this one, a small one. The pearl is the most like, mm-hmm. not the land, but the one he sold everything about one pearl. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But that that's also Jesus calling her when people were like, Can I follow you? He's like, Leave everything behind and follow me. It's not like um like you, you don't you don't drag your friend, you don't drag your your car, your house, your again your wife, your children. You don't drag anything with you. You bring you and your only and you leave everything behind. Like Peter said, we have left everything and followed you. Who do we go to from now? Like we have left everything. Okay, someone else? It's hard to talk about that. <laughs> You can't go above everything, but you can explain on everything. Mm-hmm. Well, well, to answer the question, uh, I think it's hard to live a life worthy of our salvation because um, one way I think about it is like when you when you live, it doesn't like if we go a little bit away from salvation. Let's, if we think about living a life worthy of your calling, whether it be whatever position you're in, right? You, you can, a professional position and there is there are roles and duties and responsibilities you have right and to to go to work and to be there at the right time to turn in whatever you need to turn in to, to fill up to fulfill all of your duties that's living worthy of your position there right um, and depending on what position that is when you uh, when you live according to that People will see that, and that will affect how much value they have for that position, right? Let's say you're like, if, if you're if you're working a very like you know basic job, people won't really see that. But let's say you're like you're an official or or like a prime minister or a president, and you're living or you're doing your job right, and you 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 get to enforce whatever like you come up with, you get to have a say on the citizens, right? And if you do that right, that will make people want to be in that position. But if you don't do that correctly, a lot of people will hate you, you'll get a lot of flack. No one will want to be in that position, right? Let's take a pastor, for example. Like, if you're a pastor, and you know, you're, you're leading your church in the right way, you're, you're leading everyone to God, you see many people being saved, I'm not saying it's like I'm not saying it's the pastor's job to, you know, to increase like that's not their their calling is not to increase the, their calling is to spread the gospel and then God does the rest. But if you if you see all these fruits coming from the church, and you know you don't see a lot of the negative things, a lot of the not so pleasing things that come with being a pastor, then you know it'll make that position so worthy. Like, oh, I wish I was one, right? Um, 
But when it comes to salvation, uh, I, like what the way we live our life, like in light of our salvation, it doesn't change what Christ did, right? How we see our salvation, how like whether it's before we were saved or after, it doesn't really change the, the weight and the value of what Christ did on the cross. It's still it's still the same sacrifice that was given to everyone. Yes, it's freely given. And like like Abby said, it there was a huge price paid for it, a price that no one could pay. It's not just, you know, a life for a life, it's a life for billions of lives. Right? So when when we don't live every day remembering that and acknowledging that and, and living as a person who is saved and going back to our old lives of not knowing Christ and not having that gift, it doesn't change that gift, right? The gift still stays the same. The blood still works. But we're the ones that come off worse, right? We're the ones that that won't have like everything that comes with our salvation. We, live, we, we lose the peace, we lose the hope, we lose the love that we're supposed to have in Christ. So I would say living a life worthy of, of, of your salvation is, yes, it's like truly knowing the, the value and it's, it's doing everything in accordance with that. Like knowing first that you're a child of God, knowing first that you were saved not by your own strength, not by your own might, but by his obedience. Like his obedience saved all of us. And so when we acknowledge that every day, and when we see that in our lives, then it's it, then and only then it's possible to, to live a life worthy of it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I think of it. Anybody else add? I get out on this one then. <laughs> I think um, it's important that we understand um, when this salvation is given to us, when we accept it, we also are given the responsibility mm -hmm. that, um, to conduct the way the Bible says. So for example, if I'm given the grace of, let's say, prayer, and if I don't bring that on top of other things, you know? So it's like, if he's trusting me with this little thing, I need to be able to go cash it out and multiply it and bring it back into the mm -hmm. house of God. And then that be example to glorify him and show people that yeah. this is where I need to be. And if we don't do that, if we're Christians, we accept that and like he died for us, yeah, yeah, but like we're sitting here and not doing our job and not participating and being part of the body. Um, at the end of the day, you're not going to get asked what I did for mm -hmm. the church during judgment. He's going to ask me to hold me responsible for the gift I have. So it's better to do what you need to do here and exercise fully the authority he gave us. If not, you're going to be held responsible with the amount of knowledge you have. We all have knowledge. We all know the Bible. We have all, all of us have the opportunity to know God. He gave us full access to him. Yeah. But if we're just sitting here and not doing anything, it's better for us to be in the world. I'm not saying go, you know. <laughs> but there is a higher judgment. I just need us to keep that in mind, a higher price for the amount we know. Okay. I just want to make a comment. I think we've had a lesson on um, salvation before that we read. I think our salvation to 
to see it in this school list, which was um, justification, sanctification, and glorification. And, and we, like the free gift, essentially, we're talking about the free, the free gift of receiving in Christ is that where Christ died for you, it's a one-time free gift. That's justification. But we've always agreed that sanctification is that you live like you are worthy of that justification, yeah. right? You live worthy, like you're being sanctified, but you use just a process, and I think that's what the being living worthy yeah. of, of salvation also means is actually just daily be sanctified yeah. and what you're doing and, and um, all of the giving up. That's so the point I'm trying to make here today is not saying that like, oh, we're all like, horrible at this like none of us live like you know like we're supposed to blah 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 but also we don't live like we're supposed to right we're not we're not a hundred percent right none of us i can never get up and say i am fully living worthy of my calling because again we're living in the state of sanctification right where we are daily sanctified to look like jesus christ it's, it's a daily process of growing it's a daily process of uh giving up all that we have, all that we are, and saying, I'll choose you. Today, I choose you. Tomorrow, I choose you. I'll wake up again, and I say, I choose you. Until we get to glorification, until we get to the end, we don't get to 100%. So it's, don't be discouraged if you're like, if you find yourself in like, I, I am not living a life worthy of my kind. That's, that's, actually, that's a good statement to make because you are aware of where you're at. You're aware of your shortcomings, and you're, willing to make a change in your life, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the Bible says, like, you know, even though a believer falls seven times, he will rise up again, right? Because of, because of the grace that we have from God, because of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's not to say that if you don't live a perfect life, well, you have judgment, but it doesn't mean that, well, well, I, uh, but God, like, I, I, can't, I can't live it anymore, but I, I, I can't. It's, it's to say that if you fall today, tomorrow's another day. Get up. And, and live a life, like, give up everything and try again tomorrow. If tomorrow doesn't work out, try again the next day. Right? Like, it, it's, it's, it's not like, a, you know, if you don't make it today, then, then you're, you're screwed for tomorrow and, and that's it. But it's that our expectation, the, the expectation that God has for us is like that we grow, even if it's just a little bit, we grow from yesterday. Right? Like, God does not look at me and, and Nathan and say, Nathan, why aren't you at Yavi's level? Right? But if, if, if Nathan's younger than me, so that's why I'm picking on him, right? But if I am living a life like Nathan, whoo, you know, God will be like, Yavi, like all these years, all these years you've walked with me, all these years you've, you've, you've been at church, you, you claim that you're my child, you claim Christianity, you've, you know, you've all these things, and you come to my life and you see no fruits, you don't see anything, then it's like, okay, what are you doing? Right? And, and somebody um, adding to, uh, so after Paul talks about live a life worthy of your calling, worthy of your salvation, he, right after that, like verse four, it starts talking about the body. Right? So you cannot separate uh, serving in the church and, and <coughs> using your gifts and your talents from living a life worthy of your calling. Right? It's, it's not saying, I don't know my purpose, blah, 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 I don't know. Like, that is a very big excuse that we use, but we all have something we're good at. Mm -hmm. We all have something, a little bit of clue or a hint that God has given us that we know deep inside we all know what it is. 
right? Maybe not long term. I'm not talking about like your whole life. I know that's a scary thought. Like your whole life calling, your whole life purpose. And, and I'm like, yes, have that. But I'm talking about live, live today. Worthy of, of, of the blood that has been shed for you. Right? Don't, don't get up today and, and be dragged and tossed by every idea that's tossed at you. Right? Um, there, I don't know who said it, but there was a sermon that I listened to. Like, be like a, a, as heavy as a rock to the world, but as light as, as, light as a feather to the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Right? When, when the world gives you ideas, when people throw ideas at you, stand firm on the word and say, no. This is the price that has paid for me. This is my worth. This is my, this is my calling. This is my life. I am not moving. But when the Holy Spirit says, go, you're like, all right, where am I going? Like, where? Just get up and go. Right? So for me, that is, that is a life worthy of my calling. Right? I'm, not, I'm not being tossed and turned by every idea that is tossed. I'm not moving at every trend that I see. I'm not, like, I'm not chasing every, every glorified thing that people are running after. But I, I stand firm and I, I observe, I study everything and I say, where does God want me to go? What is, like, what, what life is worthy of the blood that he has shed for me, right? Because now I have left everything. It is, the life that I live, is not, it's not for me, right? Because my flesh is dead. When I say I accept Christ, you're saying I'm killing my flesh. That, that's, that's, that's what we're losing, right? Like, the, the price that we pay, that, equivalent, that is equivalent to nothing is... I'm saying no to my flesh. When I accept Christ, I'm saying, okay, flesh, now you die. Christ lives in me, right? So if Christ lives in me, I consistently ask, what, what, what do you desire? What do you want? Right? And, and this does not apply to your church life only. Like, it does not just apply to, okay, this affects prayer and, and reading the word. So I'll pray every day. Yes, please pray every day. Read the word every day. Be, be diligent, right? Like, if, if, if you are trying to get in shape, you will try everything. You will try everything that you can to work out, to eat healthy, right? If you're trying to do something in your life, you will go at it with every force. This is your full-time job. This is your full-time, like, it, it, it is just as much as it, Jesus paid for it and as much as we will be responsible for it, this is something he has in, like, entrusted to us, right? Like, with great responsibility, he said, here is your salvation. Here is your free gift. But take it and grow it. Take it, receive it, and, and make it flourish. So to do that, you work at it every day. Every day you pray. Every day you read the word. Every day you d- dive deeper and say, where are you? But not just that. Like, you go to school, how do you live? Around your friends, how do you live? Right? Around your family, how do you live? Around opposite genders, how do you live? With money, how do you live? With movies, how do you live? Right? With, with every single aspect of your life. Christianity is not like, when, when we accept God into our life, it's not, here's a little section of my life that you can access. Well, then, well, then you're not fully saved. Sorry. Right? Because it is giving up everything and gaining him. That, that is salvation. The full meaning of salvation is you, you give up everything and, and you, you, you have your salvation from God. So he, accesses, he has access to every, every access, every, what is it, room, every vicinity, every, every little crevice of your, of your life. He has it all. So if, if your life 
again, when I say life, not just your Christian church life, but if your total life does not resemble the, the worth of, of your salvation, go back and assess. And this is a homework for me too. I have to go back and look at every part of my life. What does that look like according to the gospel? Yeah. According to the, to the blood that has been shed for me? According to the price that God has paid for me? Am I living worth like that? You know, do I wake up every day and like, no one loves me. That's also one thing, right? When we don't know how much we are worth, we consistently question, no one loves me. No one cares about me. But, if, but the king died for you. Mm. right mm. this is not even a question like i'm not saying how could you be asking this but go back and and really think about how much god has paid for you mm. like it is a legitimate question to ask but really let it sink in and see how much god loves you because the god that god loves you so much mm. right and so tell him let me understand the worth of my salvation the value of my salvation the value of of the price that you paid for me, the love that you have for me, let me understand it. When you, when you start understanding that, you, your life will be dramatically changed. You cannot live an ordinary life once you understand your calling, once you understand the, the, the value that God has for you. You just can't. Because it affects every aspect of your life. Does anybody have anything to add? I'll say something. Um... Yeah, we touched on this a little bit, but the, like, living a life of, of your calling, um, which is how Jesus died for you and everything, everyone said something about, like, it connecting, you, like, you and God, and then you and the church and unity of the body, but I think one thing that we also need to think about is how it looks like to outside of church and outside of the, the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. um, we're out here saying I'm a Christian. What we're essentially saying is, we're like we're a representative of God to people who don't know Him. And in that way, I think we need to make sure that we are always in God. Like if we're out here saying Jesus is my King, God is my Father, we need to act like it and live like it. Right? We can't say that and then go and. I don't know, give an example. <laughs> <laughs> Line up a storm. Yeah, hurt people, lie, um, say bad things to others. Like, you can't go out and, and do that and say, like, it's tainting God's name. It's disrespectful. And I think, um, well, I'm not saying, I'm not pointing to say I just, this has been my thought. Me, I, I'm acting like you're mean. I have assessed that I'm mean, and I need to go back and check myself. And I'm saying that for everybody. If you're mean, Please check yourself. I'm not saying that's not everybody. Alright. Okay. If you like if you really have something, one last chance. But we have to pray. Church is over. <laughs>